Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Thank you, praise team, music team. Amen. Appreciate what we feel. All of those that's been praying and seeking God, we're so thankful for you and all that you do. All of our guests, I echo a welcome to you today. Psalms chapter 40, verse 1. Psalms chapter 40, reading with verse 1. Amen. Are you ready? Would you read the first verse with me? I waited patiently for the Lord and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He said, I, me, and my. What He was saying was God is personable. He loves us individually. Collaboratively, we are the bride of Christ. Individually, we are the sons of God. He loves me all by myself just because He loves us individually. Let me know you're not a number. You have a name. He knows my name. He knows every detail of my life. Everybody say, He's an individual loving God. He didn't love you because He came to church today. He loved you in your mess. He loved you in your mistake. He loved you in your sin. He loved you when you didn't have it all together. He loved you when you didn't even know He existed. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. How many know He loves me all by myself? Look at your neighbor and say, God loves me all by myself. With that in mind, verse 2. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. I'm so glad what he does for the church, but I'm so thankful I've got my own personal testimony of what he done individually for me. Somebody say amen. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, the Bible tells us, very powerful what it says, verse 47, this culminates a powerful Pentecostal experience, verse 47 says, are you ready? Praising God 
having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Get your neighbor and say, God added me to the church. The church is all of us. But I'm individually placed in to the body. Individually, he knows who I am. Somebody say individually. Now turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Very powerful chapter. I'm going to read verse 18. This is for all of us. Are you ready? Praying when? Always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watching there unto with all perseverance and supplication for some of the saints. For all the saints. Watch what he says in verse 19. I want everybody to say this. And for me. I want you to pray for all the saints, but and for me. There was a lady standing here one time. I said, what do you want God to do for you? I think she was a little bit tipsy. She said, I want him to save the world. I thought, wouldn't that be awesome? One prayer and the whole world is saved. All eight billion of them. That'd be awesome. One person can say that. It's not how it's designed. It's designed that we pray for, reach for specifically individual people. And I'd like to preach and teach for a few minutes but the vision of the church is simply everybody reach somebody. Everybody reach somebody. Simple. It's a church cliche. We've heard them preach. It's been themes of church, of church years, calendar years. But I want everybody to say this. Everybody reach somebody. You may be seated. He's an individual God that hears us individually. Do you believe that? had an agnostic to tell me one time. He said, I believe there's a God out there somewhere, but I'm just not so sure that he cares about my problems. Can I tell you today, God's not looking past you. He's looking right at you. My mother was, my mother and father planting their second church in Salt Lake City, Utah. She was in a desert the only reason there's any life there is because they irrigate the land by the lakes of the mountains. They pump the water down into the Salt Lake Valley and they water it from there. But my mother grew up in the hills of West Virginia with flowing streams and beautiful mountains and all the greenery and the trees and the flowers. And she's home right in the middle of a desert. She grew up listening to the birds sing and the butterflies fly. And where she was at, she's not seen any life around. One day in a moment of loneliness, she says to the Lord, Lord, I would love to hear a bird sing. The next day she wakes up, walks out to the porch, and there is a bird that lands on the porch and began to sing a song to her. Every day until she moved, that bird landed on her porch and sang a song to my mother. Because he hears you when you pray. I told my friend, Brother Matthew Tuttle, about this, and he said, it's so awesome. He said, because my mother, when she was in Holland, in the Netherlands, she was there, and, and um, she was from the States, and she hadn't seen a butterfly in many years, and, and uh, she was there, and she said, Lord, I would love to see a butterfly. She said she walked in the sanctuary, and there were literal butterflies flying in the sanctuary because God cares about you individually. 
might seem like a small thing to you, but when you know that God heard your prayer, it's powerful what it does for your faith. I'm glad we're two or three are gathered, but I'm telling you, he hears me individually. Somebody say amen. He hears me. I want you to say your neighbor. He hears me when we pray. The Bible says, I inclined unto the Lord and he heard me. I prayed unto him in my dilemma and he heard me. Jonah said, from the belly of hell cried I and he heard me. I want to say to you, I appreciate what you do on Sunday, but he also hears you when you're all by yourself on Monday. He is an individual loving God. And I want to go ahead and tell you right now, we appreciate for everybody that comes to the church, our collaborative worship, our gathering services, but he doesn't just love us where two or three are together. He loved you before you ever got in the building. God knew exactly where you were. He loves you exactly for who you are. Somebody shout, he loves me. Put your hands on yourself and say, he loves me. Just hold yourself for a minute. Because sometimes nobody else will, amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me, me, to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul, leadeth me through paths of righteousness. For his name's sake. Yea, though I, I, me, walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. It's powerful. He goes from talking about him, but when he gets in the valley, he starts talking to him. The Lord is my shepherd. But when it gets in the valley, he said, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemy. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will, I will, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I've come to preach to you. He loves you. He loves you individually. I said he loves you. Look at your, love, look at your neighbor and say, he loves me. Amen. He loves me. The church has got to understand this is not about numbers, even though there's a book of numbers. The whole point of numbers is that everybody was counted individually. Everybody, every tribe, exactly how many were in that, they were counted individually because it wasn't just assumption Everybody matters to God. The book of Numbers is about listing the remnant of everybody that was there. I say even to you in the day of Pentecost, it tells us approximately 120. Why? Because it's not just about the number. It was that about individuals matter to God. He said, I was in a horrible pit and you picked me up. Who? The Lord picked me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet up on a rock and established my goings. We have terminologies in the church like they're a soul winner, they're a disciple maker. We're so appreciative of that. But the truth of the matter, God is the one that saves us. 
Nobody, I can't, you can't, we can't. God is the one that saves us. God is the one that converts us. God is the one that transforms us and changes our life. If you got healed, somebody may have prayed for you, but God did it. If you got baptized and your sins were washed away, somebody baptized you, but it was God that washed those sins away. Somebody laid hands on you and you received the Holy Ghost, thank God, but it was God that filled you with his spirit. He just worked through his body. Amen. It wasn't the method. It wasn't the person. It was God. It was God. I'm not so sure we don't give credit to things that shouldn't deserve, that, that, to things that need any credit. You can be seated. Heard about one man who received the Holy Ghost. When he did, he would go back and pray in the same spot where he was laying when God filled him with the Spirit. He'd go lay in the same spot, pray the same things until God would visit him because he thought it was where he was, how he was praying, what he was saying that allowed that to happen. You ever notice that God did things differently? I mean, one time he healed somebody. He, he said, speak the word. And he spoke the word and they were healed. Somebody else, he said, he put, aren't you glad we don't have this method? He spit in the ground, made spittle and put it on their eyes. You imagine how, many, how short the prayer line would be if we spit on everybody that came in? Oh, yeah. He spit on the ground because he's the creator. He's the potter. Same hand that formed man from the dust of the ground. Looked at a blind man and put spittle on his eyes, clay. And he said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. If that's the only encounter of a blind man healed, everybody would try to be, take every blind person to the pool of Siloam and wash their eyes. Because we are people that give credit to methods instead of the master. I mean, no, it's true. Some people have more confidence in a prayer line than they do God prayer chain than they do God. Are y'all with me right now? If we only had a healing in the scripture of somebody that he put spittle on, we'd be a bunch of spit tights. Everybody, that's the only way. He did it, so I'm doing it. But Jesus masterfully understood our nature is to give the credit to the method, so he, he healed people in different methods so the method would never get the credit. I'm glad for everybody that's been healed in a prayer line, but it was God that did it. I'm glad for everybody that got anointed with oil, but it was God that did it. I'm glad for everybody that was ever healed that was prophesied to, but it was God that did it. It wasn't the prophecy, it wasn't the prayer line, it wasn't the oil. And it was not the who. We got your neighbor said, it's him that deserves the glory. I'm glad he uses you and he uses me, but at the end of the day, it's a work together and we say it was God that deserves the praise and the glory. I give an example today about this where he said praying for all saints, all, all, with all supplication for all saints and for me, Paul says, because prayer has to be done individually. I mean, you can get down on your knees and say, Lord, bless the anchor church, all the saints. I mean, there might be something in there, but it'd be a whole lot better if you started naming a few people because it's how God thinks. Lord, touch my family. What if you started naming your family? Calling their name out before God because that's biblical. I mean, know it. Even when the priests went before the Lord, they had the tribes' names up on 
upon their shoulders. Why? Because the name matters. If I can prove to you one thing today is the effort that heaven goes into for one of you to be saved. That effort should reflect in the body of Christ today. Can you say amen? amen. And so it was, it was a little over 15 years ago that my wife wakes me in the night. And she says to me, Aaron, my water broke. When she did, I, y'all have heard me tell the story, but when I'm dead asleep, listen, I'm, I'm no use to anybody. I don't know what planet I'm on. I don't know what my name is. I've had people call me in the middle of the night in those moments, I don't even know how to answer a phone. I don't even know, I can't even find hello. Mason, there's been time I answer the phone at 3 a.m. and I say something like, I don't even have a vocabulary. I don't know where I am. Anybody ever been there and not know what time of day it is? My land's few of us in the building that are normal. Amen. <laughs> My water broke. I fell out of bed. I didn't know who I was. And she, I said, what? She said, My water broke. We got to get to the hospital. And uh, we didn't have family here at the time except the family of God. And uh, we immediately knew who, to, knew who to call. So we called Sister Cheryl Southall. Sister Cheryl, thank you for watching Lakin and Sawyer when we rushed to the hospital. You remember that. It was the middle of the night. And uh, I want you to come, Sister Cheryl, and uh, I want you to, uh, I want you to come up here. I'm going to show you the effort it goes in to one baby being saved. And... Uh, can anybody loan your kids for a minute? I need two smaller children. And uh, I, I see, go ahead, uh, Evelyn and Theodore, come here. Run, run up here. And uh, I, I, need, I need her a chair. Would you grab just one of these chairs and help me? Y'all go up there and sit beside her, okay? Thank you. What would we do without a babysitter? Set that chair right here. She's going to sit there, and y'all just sit beside of her, okay? While, while we were there, I rushed her to the hospital. We got into the hospital, and when we were in the hospital, they realized that there was myconium in the womb, which means the baby was under much distress. And they said, we are not really... Um, Excellent with preemie babies, but we're going to send you to excellent care. They sent us to the Ohio State University. You're welcome. Not Ohio State. You're welcome. You're converting me here. You're getting, getting to me. The Ohio State University. And uh, when they did, they said, we have a mobile care unit. Why not, Trevor, why does it excite you when I say the Ohio State? It's just in you, isn't it? Yeah, I can see that. G.O. everybody over there, just smiling real big. But they said, we're going to send you in a mobile care unit. They put us in the intensive care unit on wheels and to get us there promptly and safely. Dan and, Dan and Tori, would you come? Would you, would you come? Because if there wasn't a mobile unit to get us there, the baby might not have made it. 
And I have somebody that represents, going to have represent my wife today. And I want you to go over there and pick up Zion, if you would. Hey, you're the bus ministry of the church. Y'all bear with me a minute. Y'all got time? Because I do. Amen. Zion, I want you to come with them. I want you to deliver them. Yeah, walk, walk her up here. I'm in that mobile unit with my wife, and we're going about, I remember they said, the baby's about to be born. And he, he turned on the sirens. I remember looking into the mirror, seeing, seeing the sirens going as we were flying from Zanesville Hospital, going up the interstate to, to the Ohio State uh, Hospital. And uh, we got there, and it, it occurred to me, what use is, the, is a hospital if we can't get the need there? Maine has some of the best hospitals in the country, the state of Maine, but the problem is in Maine, in Maine, they don't have the transportation to get the need to the hospital. Can I say to you that the church represents a hospital? We are in the soul-saving business. We are reaching individual people. This isn't about we've got enough or we've hit a certain number. Oh, no. Until everybody in the community and surrounding are saved, we've got work to do. We've got a job to do. We've got to reach everybody by everybody reaching somebody because everybody matters. Nobody left behind. Can you say amen? And the ambulance drivers took us safely there and we get to the hospital and they put my wife into a room and began to monitor her and care for her. And while we were in there, I'll never forget, out in the waiting room, I get a phone call and it's from Sister Oliver and she calls and she said, the Lord said to tell you. Now, let me remind you, my wife isn't due for, for, for uh, two and a half months. She is 10 weeks early. And aren't we glad to have children in the church? Amen, that's what I'm preaching about today. And watch what happens though is when we get my wife in the room, they begin to monitor and check on the baby. If you can, Brother Cody, uh, Brother Devin, Brother Luke, would y'all help me right now? Bring the blanket, if you will. When we are out there and Sister Oliver says, the Lord said she's gonna be perfect. Look at your neighbor and say, I've got a word from the Lord. It's gonna be all right. I'm glad somebody could see the future of what I was stressing about. Gonna be all, when I walked into the room, when I got in the room, my wife is there. There are nine nurses and doctors in the room, and they're changed. They said, We cannot find a heartbeat. Dad, go out. You believe they gave me a robe, booties, and a hairnet? They told me to sit out there and wait. They said, Listen, we're trying to do everything we can, but if we take her back for surgery, they said, We can have the baby out within three minutes, is what they told me through a, a C-section. I'm out there waiting, I am worried. They wheel my wife past me and I'm watching my wife be in somebody else's hands. But I was thankful because I knew she was in excellent care. I believed that everything was gonna be all right. They went in, they prepped the room. Sister Zion, if you can, I'm gonna have you get on this table, amen. Brother Dan, get on that side. Gentlemen, get on that side. When I walk in the room, thank you. You can sit over there. 
Brother, Brother Cody, come here. Stand right there. Brother Devin, stand on the other side. You're, you're the ambulance driver. You can have a seat. Amen. Okay. <laughs> Jillian, run up here and help Dad. You don't remember any of this, do you? When I, when I arrived in there, when I came into the room, there was, you know what? I need, uh, uh, let's see, let's get, come here, help me. Yeah, you and uh, Ben, come on up here. You can help. They were standing behind the doctor. Doctor, stand right here. Y'all stand behind him. I need, uh, uh, you two ladies, come and help me. Yeah, yeah, you two, come on. Come and stand behind her. You can picture me in a hairnet and a robe. When I got in, when I walked in, y'all stand directly behind her, if you will. And I need, I need um, Sister Pam and Brother Mark. Where y'all at? Come here. And if you will, y'all stand right there. This is what I walked into. I had no clue what I was going to get into. But I walked, when I walked in, my wife is laying right there on the table. The anesthesiologist is here. The surgeon is here. And the, and the doctor that's going to pull you out of the womb, she was standing right there. There was a team to help him. There was a team to help her. And there was... There was um, Pediatrician doctors over here waiting to receive the baby once the baby was born. And I come and stood by my wife, and she was scared. She was nervous. This emergency cesarean. And I'm standing here. They've got a curtain here, so I don't see all that goes into that. And, and the doctor began to pull, uh, perform the surgery, opened up my wife's belly. When he opened up my wife's belly, the doctor here was waiting on the womb to be opened. He opened the womb. She received the baby from the womb. And once the baby was received, I've heard some babies in here. Let me, let me have a baby. Did I say we're having a baby? I don't know. They didn't come out right. I, I need it. Do we have a baby? Are they all in the nursery? Woo, come on, Asher. Where, where are you at, Danny and Krista? Huh? Go get the baby. Go on. I'm going to tell you, I feel this for today. If you only realize the work that goes in to say, oh, <laughs> come on. You somehow seem so happy doing this. She pulls the baby out of the womb, hands it to the team. You'll be a team member. And simply in this moment, the baby was carried and put in the care of the neonatal unit pediatricians that monitored and cared for the baby. And I looked at the doctor. I'm standing there. I'm doing this number. I'm doing this number. I'm doing this number. I'm looking at the anesthesiologist trying to figure out what is all that's going on to my wife. I finally said to the doctor, I'll never forget when they pulled you out of the womb. It's like, whoo, I'm glad to get out of there. 
big bright eyes. I took her over there. And I, I look at the doctor and I said, how's my baby? He said, I have no idea. He said, it's not my specialty. He said, but those pediatricians over there know everything you need to know about that baby. You have any questions about the baby, you go ask them. He said, but if you have any concerns about your wife, he said, I have every answer about your wife because this is where I specialize. And I started thinking of some things. Because do you realize the effort that goes in, that went in to make sure my baby was going to live? It wasn't just one person. It was everybody working to reach somebody. Because it was the value of a child. There was the nursery worker that was taking care of my kids so we could have another one. Are you hearing me right now? If you think nursery is not important, you've never sat through a church service with children. But while somebody's watching the children, the, the mother can hear the word so there can be spiritual conceptions in the life to be born again. There's power in the word of God so it can get into the heart so somebody's life can be transformed. I come to tell you nursery ministry really matters. It's a part of the key to seeing revival in a church is somebody watching the children. And what good is a soul if we don't have somebody picking somebody up and bringing them to the house of God? Van ministry matters. We have 18 new people here today because of van ministry. I think you ought to clap your hands and thank God for that. Thank God for that. What are you doing? We're bringing them to the hospital. It's everybody reaching somebody. Everybody getting involved and realizing the value of where you are. And then when you get into the house of God, you, you get into the house of God and they get here. The preaching of the word of the Lord. The Bible says, for the word of God is quick. Somebody shout, it's quick. Look at your neighbor and say, the word of God is alive. And it is powerful. Are you ready? It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Be seated a moment. I want to teach you just something real quickly. Don't ever forget what I'm going to tell you. When the word of God is preached, it goes out all kinds of different directions and it received in a tailored form for that person's individual life. That's why they can receive it one way and somebody across the aisle can receive it exactly for what they need. And, they, and 50 people say, I don't know how it is, how all of those people are there and they preach directly to me. I'm gonna tell you why. Because it's a discerner of the individual thoughts and intents of the heart. God knows exactly what... God knows exactly what you need. Come on, it's a right on time. It's a right now word. It's a Rima word for where you are at. Look at your neighbor and say, God's word is for me. I was, Brother Donald, something so powerful. You can be seated. I was at a church in West Virginia. While I was there, a lady that I've known when I was just a teenage preacher used to stay at her home. I knew her friend from camp. His name was Greg. Stayed at their home in Clarksburg, West Virginia. When I was there preaching, the night before in the revival, something powerful had happened. 
There was a lady that came in to the church and she, her language was Espanol, like you. She came in. She came to the church because there was a need in her womb. Are y'all with me? She was having problems with her pregnancy at six months of pregnancy. But the lady that I grew up around walked up to her and just began to pray. She began to speak in other tongues, meaning an unknown tongue to her, but she began to speak in perfect Espanol. Perfect Spanish. And when she started praying for her, she started telling her how God was going to touch the baby in the womb. In perfect Spanish. Because you might think you just showed up at the church, but he's an individual. Knows exactly what you need. Exactly what you're going through. Woo! Hallelujah. We have people singing. We've got people preaching. We've got people in the nursery work. We've got Danny Wells cleaning. Because you don't want to go to a dirty hospital. We got people setting the atmosphere through prayer, fasting, and intercession. Why? So when the baby is born, I feel something in my spirit right now. Do you realize? You don't realize. You will because you want to be a NICU nurse. But listen to me. When you were born, they took care of mom because you have to have in-care ministry in the church. You also have got to have somebody that can put it on a personal level as a child. You were handed off to pediatricians, which are doctors that love to take care of children. And while she was in the NIC unit for 29 days, she had a hundred nurses to take care of her. 100 nurses. There was constant Rotation of nurse coming and checking. And I was in there a lot with you. Holding your little tiny hand. Your little tiny hand. And I'm just wanting her to make it. I feel this for somebody. You've got stress in your life. It tried to abort you. It tried to get you to not become who you are. But there was a father that was looking over you, wanting you to live. I come to tell you, he's reaching in and touching your little hand. And he said, I'm going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Come on, jump to your feet as I come to a close. He's an individual God. Everybody's going to be reaching for somebody. Everybody's involved to make sure that one makes it. You know what I was doing? I was loving you, but I was allowing a bunch of people to reach, teach, care for you. You see the effort that goes in? Remain standing. I'm, I'm wrapping up. Everybody say, everybody. everybody. Reaching somebody. It cost a million dollars for her to be born. I told Jillian, I said, Jillian, you're worth a million. Amen. But I'm glad to tell you, thank God, it was written off. Praise God. Because grace will pay it. God's going to take care of it. I want everybody to look at somebody near you and say, everybody needs to be reaching for one. I've hit the clock, but I know what I feel. Everybody in the building needs to have a role somewhere. Ministry of some sort, Bible study of some sort, taking care, altar work, bus ministry, nursery. You know what's amazing is when our children 
go from infancy to graduated high school, they've had a lot of teachers in their life. A lot of care over their life. We got nursery care. We got toddler care. We got, we got uh, 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 4 to 11 years old, 12 to graduated, young adults and on and on. We got a lot of people in their life teaching them the Word of God. Why? So they will fulfill their spiritual life that God has called them to fill. Everybody in the room, if you're praying, you're setting an atmosphere. It's like cleaning the hospital. But what I'm saying to you right now is when people come in here, people aren't saved by accident. The reason they're saved is because God sent them to the hospital. I don't want to be a church of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? I want to be the church that he sends them to. He sends them to the best care. And guess what? Mama's all right. The baby's all right. Something I, I do not want to forget. And, uh, hey, Ken, would you come here and help me for a minute? Ken Nutter, would you come? There was behind the scenes of what I did not know. If you would, right where Brother Luke is, I want you to go stand there. Because there's a visible image of something that happened years ago. But like I could never beat him here for prayer. It was your father, Paul. Paul Nutter. I loved him very much. He would come here and pray there. He'd have gloves on and in his older age, he was a faithful man. After Jillian was born at two and a half months early, after Jillian was born, he came up and he said, it makes sense now. He said for one week before she was born. He said, every day I beg God not to let your baby in the womb die. He said, I didn't understand it. I didn't know why. But he said, I, I sensed that there was a problem. And I begged God, don't let the baby die. For one week before she was born at two and a half months early. She was due July 6th, but was born April the 30th. That's a long time early. But there was somebody praying. There was somebody seeking God. There was somebody saying, Lord, don't let the revival die. Don't let my family be lost. Lord, don't, don't let this happen. There's something in the womb, God. There's something trying to, 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 to destroy that which is in, in the womb of revival. It was a man that prayed every day and sought the face of God. I'm going to tell you, I appreciate the preachers. I appreciate the altar workers. I appreciate the bus ministry. I appreciate the nursery team. I appreciate the, the, the children's ministry. Brother Cody, you don't really stand beside him because as the children are growing up, youth ministry, I, I, I appreciate that. But don't ever, don't ever forget the power of the ministry of prayer. We're not just reaching people knocking the door. Somewhere we got to be on our knees. For he said, if my people are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. Look at your neighbor and say, everybody needs to pray. And when we pray, the Bible says he'll hear us from heaven. He'll forgive our sin. And he's going to heal our land. Do you believe God wants to heal Zanesville and beyond? Look at your neighbor and say, we've got to pray together. 
we've got to have the ministry of prayer. I want you to look at two or three people and say, we've got to have a pray. We've got to be a praying people. When you get to heaven, you're going to find that there's a collaborative amount of people that work to reach one person. Host of people. Nobody gets the credit. Well, I want them to the Lord. The Lord reached them for you. You went to their door. Sister Millie, the Lord did it. He showed up before I ever did. But there was prayer prayed. There was prayer prayed. I'm going to tell you what I feel in this church. God is going to give us an individual revival. But I have a question for you. Can you celebrate one or does it take a hundred of them to get you excited? Can you celebrate one? Can you celebrate one? Or does it take ten to move you? Because the Bible says all of heaven and the angels, holy angels rejoice over one sinner that repents. Hallelujah. Today there are going to be many repentant in the kingdom of God. Can we celebrate it? It's a process. One plants, one waters. God gets the increase. Somebody repents. They lead them through repentance. Somebody else baptizes them. Maybe somebody else prays with them. They receive the Holy Ghost. Somebody else preach the word. Somebody else watch their kids. Somebody else pick them up. But the truth of the matter is, the Lord added to the church by the church. When? Daily. Daily prayer. Daily prayer. You've got your hobbies, you've got your fun, you've got your favorite food, you've got your favorite clothes, your favorite places to go. But nothing should trump the excitement of one sinner coming to the Lord. Nothing should be more exciting to us than one person coming to God. If heaven rejoices, we should rejoice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jillian, you're going to come and pray. You didn't know it. I didn't prompt you. There was a lot of people Come and hold this. There was a lot of people that made sure you were living. Look out here. There's a lot of people going to be making sure that some babies on the way, new converts, new people, no matter nationality, no matter where they're from. Come on. There's an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in the last days. And I feel this in the heartbeat of this church right now. This has got to be the most important thing to you is seeing that the baby makes it. Seeing that a soul is added to the kingdom. Nothing should excite us more. Nothing should be more about what we do than seeing Sunday's revival. Amen. People coming to the Lord. Look at three people and tell them you're a part of what God is doing now. Everybody is reaching for somebody. How many want to be a part of the everybody? How many are glad you are the somebody that the church as a whole begin to reach for? You ready? I want you to just open up your spirit. However you do that, you lift your hands, you close your eyes, whatever. Jillian, I want you to pray a prayer over them. They begin get the ministry of an individual revival. Go ahead and begin to pray. Jesus, Lord, in your name we pray right now, God, that you will touch every heart, Lord. 
God, that you will put the burden, Lord, on them, Lord, to reach every soul, Jesus. God, that you will stir up in them, Lord, a desire to reach the hearts of your people, God. Lord, I pray that the people in the city, God, will open up their hearts, Lord, to you, Jesus, and that they will come running to this altar, God. Lord, and that we will be ready to receive them, Jesus. God, I pray, Lord, for every sinner in this city, God. Lord, that like the prodigal son, Lord, they will come to themselves, Lord. God, that they will return, Lord, to the church, Jesus. Lord, that they will return to the truth that they was. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're not here by accident. It was the Lord that drew you to the church. You're not here by accident. That was God adding you because He individually loves you exactly where you are. He wants to bring change to your life. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today, you say, I need a touch of God. I know He knows where I'm at. He brought me up out of a horrible pit. I cried unto the Lord and He heard me. He established my goings. He fixed my life. If you're here today and you say, I I need a touch of God. I want the Lord to save me. I want Him to fix something in my life. I want you to raise your hand all over this building. Today is your day. I see hands going up around the building. I'm going to tell you what God wants to do. He wants to do something in you. Hallelujah. If you're here today and maybe begin to drift away from your purpose, find yourself attending church, but not being involved as an everybody reaching somebody, can I tell you, it's time to get involved. Prayer, nursery, children's ministry, bus ministry, outreach, evangelism, preaching, teaching, something. That every individual in the city gets an opportunity to be saved. But God's calling this church to prayer. We're going to begin to pray, but those that raise their hands, we want you to come. The rest of us, I want to, come on, if you raise your hand, I want you to come to the altar right now. God's going to minister to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God knows exactly where you are and exactly what you need. Hands around the building. Our altar ministers be led of the Lord. The rest of us, I want us to get on our knees today before God. I want everybody in the room to get on your knees before God. You can come to the altar and you remain at your seat. But I want you to tell the Lord, I want to be a part of the everybody. That's reaching one person. Heaven rejoices over one. I'm going to do everything I can to be a part of reaching the one. Come on. God, help us, Lord, to not to miss what you are doing. It's the power and the love of an individual. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, thank you, God. 
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.